0: You know, maybe you walk out of the office and you're like, "All right, I got this food allergy. No big deal. We'll figure it out. No big deal." But then, as you're learning, then you get this anxiety. It may not be initial anxiety, but maybe it's anxiety that comes from learning what it what it means to have a food allergy. Um, who do you call? You know, who do you call? Welcome to Food Allergy and Your Kiddo with Dr. Alice Hoyt, the
1: podcast about demystifying food allergies, diminishing allergy anxiety, and taking back control. Let's navigate this challenge together with evidence-based information, scientific research, and tried and proven practices. And now here's your host, board certified allergist and immunologist specializing in food allergy, Dr. Alice Hoyt. Hello, I'm so excited to have you here today. And before we get going on this episode, I wanted to let you know that we've actually divided this episode and a future episode coming up into a series, and I think that you are going to really love this series because what we're talking about is how allergists can best serve their patients in ways beyond testing and diagnosis and therapies. Really what sort of other therapies are needed regarding helping folks with anxiety, helping folks read nutrition labels, things like that. So I'm so excited about this series. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to the Food Allergy and Your Kiddo podcast. I am your host, Dr. Alice Hoyt. Excited to be joined again today
0: with my amazing co-host, Pam. Hey, guys. I've been out for a while, so I'm happy to be back today.
1: I'm excited to have you back, and I know you went on a really great vacation recently, too. We
0: did. We just got back from... um Southwest North Carolina we went Mm -hmm. to the little mountainous area around there it's definitely not little but um, we it was so good it was so needed it was so good for the soul the kids loved being out in nature there's amazing hikes and waterfalls and just all the things all the things that are needed for the soul right now so I encourage anybody who can to safely travel if you can. Um, Definitely spend some time outdoors in nature and just take that time to reflect and unwind. That
1: sounds so nice. Being in nature, being in creation, especially, uh, you know, we just finished the Easter season and spring is springing upon us so quickly. I'm looking out my window, beautiful green trees, sunshine. It's just... We have lots of blessings around us. Yes. Even when times are stressful, we have many, many blessings around us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that that kind of brings me to what we're going to talk about today, uh, because one of the themes of what we're going to discuss today actually includes anxiety. Yep. Um, so the paper, we're doing a little mini journal club today, part one, because spoiler alert, part two, we are planning to interview the first author of this paper. And um, I'm I'm so excited
0: about that. Yeah, it's going to be really interview. great. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. Something like this. Um, I was super excited to see and read, and so I'm excited to talk to her about it and to kind of pick her brain a little more as to why they chose to do something like this.
1: Yes, and what this is, we keep talking <laughs> about this, this, ah, oh, lead up the 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 thrill, right? So it's parents of children with food allergy. A Qualitative Study Describing the Needs and Identifying Solutions. The first author is Rishma Chunadas. She's a nurse, and her team on this paper has, there's a PhD, a master in public health, another PhD, a couple MDs. So this is a really uh, heterogeneous, well-rounded, well-versed, experienced group Mm -hmm. putting together this article, which I found amazing because I as an allergist am always trying to provide the most comprehensive care I can for families at the same time because I am my job in the world of food allergy, first and foremost, is to make sure that I am providing The best possible, most accurate evaluation, diagnosis, and management plan. And the evaluation and diagnosis part takes a lot of time, expertise. The management plan does as well. But the management plan when it comes to food allergy is beyond avoid this food or beyond let's do oral immunotherapy or some other form of immunotherapy. Right. There's so much more to it. And that's what this article talks about.
0: I agree. I think that what really struck me from this article is how they, it wasn't just, you know, medical professionals talking about what it's like to have a food allergy or what people may or may not be feeling. They, spoke to families. They spoke to parents of children with food allergies, and they asked them their experience basically from start to finish. Um, And they came out with these themes after speaking with them that we'll touch on today. Um, And as I was reading it, you sent this to me. And as I was reading it, I was sitting in my car at the pickup line. (laughs) um, And out loud to nobody, I just kept saying, yep, yep, that's right. Yep, this is this is me. Or this was me. Or no, this isn't me, but I can see, you know, how um it could be somebody's story. Um, I nodded throughout the entire thing. It's an easy read, it's six pages long. Um, and I think that not just for I think if a food allergy family reads this, they they will come out of it saying, I'm glad I've been heard. Kind of, that's how I looked at it. Um, But I think that for physicians and for nurse practitioners or anybody in the medical field that works specifically with families with food allergies, I feel like this article should be in their office. I feel like it should be on their desk um, because I think sometimes, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, but I think sometimes I would imagine because I'm not a health care provider, that, you know, what is so important to you guys is what you were trained to do. You were trained to diagnose and you were trained to treat and you were trained to make sure that the kids that you see, um, know what they have, know how to take care of it. And you're doing the best you can to make sure that, um, they understand, but I, I also think because sometimes physicians are so focused on what they were trained to do, sometimes, um, at least in our experience, you know it, the empathy sometimes isn't there. you know It's sort of like, here's what you need to do, go do it." And, and maybe they don't realize because they haven't experienced what then that does to someone when you say, mm-hmm. "Here's all the information, go home figure it out, kind of. That's what it feels like. That's not what they're saying, but sometimes that's what it feels like. And I think, you know, kind of just going back, you know, we've talked to when we spoke to Dr. Shore Schroer, Schroer never say his name, <laughs> um, you know, he spoke very much about that shared decision making. And I feel like we talk about him in almost every podcast, but that is so true because then that Allows the the physician to see what it's like, to see the anxieties that we go through. Um, And I feel like I'm kind of just blabbing before we get into this, but I I think that's why if you're listening, stick around and and hear all of what we have to say. And if we can somehow get this article, um, you know, after we speak to the author, we can somehow, you know, have screenshots or something, have her come up with something so that people can read this, um, more thoroughly if you're not in the medical community. Um, it's just such a good read. It's such a good read. And it's, um, to me, it's kind of inspiring just because I felt heard. Mm -hmm. Um, and I hope that physicians read this and maybe make a a couple of changes to their practices if possible.
1: Hi there, this is Alexis from the Hoyt Institute of Food Allergy. Did you know that the Institute is the official sponsor of the Food Allergy and Your Kiddo podcast? And did you also know that you are now able to connect with Dr. Hoyt directly? That's right. We are now offering food allergy office hours for parents. These one-on-one virtual sessions are available for parents all across the country. It's an educational session, not an office visit, where you can ask all of your food allergy questions and finally get answers. It's as comfortable as having a cup of coffee with your bestie. Simply click the link in the show notes to schedule and mention this ad. We are so, so excited to connect with parents across the globe with this new service. Okay, now back to Pam and Dr. Hoyt. Yeah, I I, I think this was a fantastic paper. It's written very nicely, very it easy is. to read.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I, I think it conveys exactly what They were studying, and their objective, looking at the abstract, was to describe parental experiences when caring for a child with food allergy and to review the resources parents need to manage living with a child with food allergy, and more specifically, how they would want these resources delivered. So, it's not how can I, as an allergist, come up with, in my mind, the best way to Mm -hmm. teach parents what I think they need to know which there is certainly things that I know as an allergist, my families need to know, and I will impart that to them. But also from the other side, what is it from from their point of view that they need to know? And how can that be delivered to them? So how they did this, basically their methods was, they took a total of seven semi-structured focus groups, This was in Canada and parents were asked to describe their experiences with managing their child's food allergy and identify helpful resources. Wow. Rocket science, right? (laughs) Let's ask the people who are living it what they need to help them live more easily.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I don't want to make it sound like doctors don't know, that this is something they should do because that's not it at all. But, you know, it because that's not their focus, right? Like you, you just explained, you know, your focus is to diagnose and to make sure that when they leave your office, they're equipped to handle their diagnosis. But like you stated, there are so many more things involved that require hours and hours and hours of of learning, whether it's self-learning or, you know, speaking to a professional and this um, the way they did this, just, Hey, let's just ask our patients (laughs) um, what it is that they feel because maybe they feel something that we're not quite sure. Just to me, you know, it, it's not rocket science, but it just, it's so brilliant to me that, but yet it, it makes me wonder why did it take so long? And maybe it hasn't, maybe this, you know, there are other things out there. I haven't seen anything else out there like this. Um, So it's just so, um, it's just so incredible that to me, it kind of took a little while to ask, but that's how you learn. You know, you ask and then you can take that information and say, okay, well, if this is what my patients are seeing, then maybe if I can't, Give them that information. I can provide some resources, which is kind Mm of you know what we learn through this is that they um, realize that they they do need to provide certain resources to families outside of just their diagnosis. Here's your EpiPen, peace out, you know, and and that's just so um, it's so needed. It's so Mm -hmm. needed in so many, not just in the food allergy world. I know this is what we're focusing on, but in so many things and and. I might be getting ahead of of this, but even in their introduction, when you read the actual um, paper, it says, you know, when you receive a diagnosis of diabetes, you know, you get all of the things. You know, they tell you how to eat, what not to eat, um, how to use your medication, how to, you know, read all of the things, so that when you leave, you know exactly how to deal with your condition, and and that's. Just not the case sometimes with food allergies. Um, and
1: unfortunately, it's not.
0: Yeah. And, and it's so needed. Um, and I will say,
1: across the community, the allergist community, there is more focus on building centers that are multidisciplinary, which yeah. is what they get to in the conclusion is that right. an in person allied health care team is needed to provide an integrated, patient-centered approach for how families can live and manage food allergies. And I totally agree with that.
0: I do too. And, you know, and it's not to say that you cannot find all this information out on your own. I mean, we did, you know, we, um, I did the research. I went through a lot of these, you know, themes that, that we'll get to, um, and I figured out how to, manage life with a food allergy. So it's not to say that you need all of these things, but because food allergies are so prevalent, because there is still such an increase, because there are different types of methods now than there were just 10 years ago, you know, in treatment and in options. And do we avoid, do we treat, you know, what do we do? um, All of that is just so overwhelming. And so they're, they're conclusion to say, hey, if we have sort of a team together that we can put so that depending on which way they want to go, we have those resources here available for them so that, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe not the same day that they have the diagnosis, they're learning all these things, but when they're ready, here they are, come as you will, you know, Mm -hmm. come as you are, come when you need them. Um, And I just think that going forward, um, if more practices are able to do that, so many um, people will be helped in, in a different way.
1: Absolutely. Let's get into those themes. And what we keep talking about about themes is that when they did these focus groups, three themes emerged. One theme was anxiety. Another theme was a transformational journey. And the third theme was the need for resources. So, Pam. Yes. Yes. What did you think about that first theme being anxiety? Were you surprised that many parents spoke about the range of emotions experienced initially when their child received the diagnosis of life-threatening food allergy and as new challenges arose?
0: No, no. Um, I think that, you know, when when we learned about our food allergy, at least in my experience, we kind of went from shock to disbelief to, well, we'll figure it out, to we, I just kind of landed on anxiety (laughs) and that, and I laugh, it's not funny, but, um, that's just the whole process. There were so many things all at once. Um, but the, the, one of the quotes that a a parent said in this was the initial period of conclusion of, of confusion, I'm sorry. And how overwhelming she felt, she described feeling unprepared what she saw unfolding. And that is so, so true because as, You're being told your child can't eat peanuts. In our case, um, she could have a life-threatening episode of anaphylaxis. But here's your EpiPen. Use it. Um, And clearly it didn't, you know, go just like that. It was more personal for us. Um, As those words were happening, were coming at me, I'm just seeing all of the things that could go wrong. All the what ifs that they tell you, well, you know don't worry about things, take them as you are um, nope <laughs> it it all just comes crashing at you. Um, we definitely felt the anxiety. I probably felt it a little more. um my daughter was too, she had no idea, she just you know couldn't eat certain things anymore and and that was just the way it was um, but I definitely took the brunt of the of them, I think, because I was the one initially that was doing all of the research for Mm -hmm. our family and, um, kind of taking that upon myself to figure out what it was that we needed to do. Um, and that, you know, takes a lot out of you as well. Another mom on this study said that her anxiety came from new and uncontrolled environments, which is so true. You know, it's when you're at home, it's easy to forget that you have a food allergy, um, when you're in your sort of bubble and, then you have to leave and you have to travel and you have to go to a friend's house and you have to go to school and all of those environments where you don't have full control of um, can be very scary, especially if you don't really know yet how to manage living with a food allergy. So it's not like you get a diagnosis and then you think, OK, well, I have time to figure this out. You get a diagnosis and you're in it. You know, you, you don't have the luxury of trying to figure it out. Um you got to learn, like, in that moment, it's, it feels like. And and that's not necessarily the case, but that's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so immediately, of course, you know, you get a diagnosis, and what do you do? You start Googling things, and it's the worst thing you could do. <laughs> it's the best yes. thing. It's the worst thing, you know. Um, for me, I started joining all of these Facebook groups, and I thought, you know, obviously, if these parents – or have experienced it, that they can give me some help. I can learn from them. I can do this. But what you quickly find out in a lot of these groups, one, and, and um, I don't think it was your last, the last podcast, but two podcasts ago when y'all spoke about social media. Was that the last podcast? Two, two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, you know, not everybody's story is the same. Mm -hmm. Your anxiety is not their anxiety. It's not their anxiety. So you might eat something, but just because they don't feel that, you know, it's safe for them. That's their story. That doesn't mean that it has to be your worry. And, Mm -hmm. but when you're in the trenches and you're trying to figure it out, you think, oh, well, if she avoids this or if she doesn't go there, or if they don't travel, then maybe that means I can't either. And so then you, you put yourself all of these, what ifs in your head that don't belong in your head Mm -hmm. and you're allowing other people's stories and other people's fears and anxieties to then become your fears and anxieties. So I know I'm kind of going off on it, but it's, to me, this was This was, to me, one of the biggest things because I I think it's not talked about enough. I think it's not talked about that you because oftentimes a lot of us parents, at least the ones I've met, we wear our anxieties on the inside. You know, we walk around like, oh, no, it doesn't bother me that your child's eating a peanut butter sandwich next to my kid. Well, it's fine. We'll just move her. But on the inside, we're kind of slowly dying inside, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's scary it's scary. So it's, I know I just kind of right. very long winded about that, but it, I think it's important for doctors to know that this is the first thing that we're going to feel. Um, and, and, if you know that as a physician, um, if you could give us just a little grace and a little, um, help and some resources, knowing that this is probably the first place our mind's going to go and our bodies are going to go. Um, I think that people would be able to navigate this very scary initial world. I mean, the whole world becomes scary when you have a food allergy, but initially it's so, so um, scary mm-hmm. um, that it would just, it would just be so helpful, you know, to just right. have that.
1: Exercise. No, I, I completely agree with you. And we already know that there, there's not enough mental health services. Right period. There's yeah. not enough for children. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, at least now we are more in a culture where mental health support is encouraged right? in many circles.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, of course, there's still a stigma uh, in some circles, but now there, there are resources for folks. So it's just a matter of expanding those and, prioritizing that. Yeah. And I don't think that has been prioritized when it comes to food allergy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's and starting think,
1: to be. It's starting yeah, to be.
0: I think so. And I think just, you know, acknowledging as, as the parent or, you know, as a child or whoever that, you know what, this is a little overwhelming. Let's ask for help. You know, mm-hmm. because sometimes as new moms, you know, if you feel a little, um, you know, what they call baby blues or, you know, postpartum depression, you know, you talk to your gynecologist and you say, hey, look, I'm feeling this. I don't feel right. What do you do? And then more th- more often than not, they say, okay, well, this is something we need to deal with. Let's, you know, mm-hmm. let's try this. Let's go here. Um, so if a, if a parent knows, hey, I have you know, maybe you walk out of the office and you're like, "All right, I got this food allergy. No big deal. We'll figure it out. No big deal." But then, as you're learning, then you get this anxiety. It may not be initial anxiety, but maybe it's anxiety that comes from learning what it what it means to have a food allergy. Um, who do you call? You know, mm-hmm. who do you call? You and it would be nice to be able to maybe call your allergist and say, "Hey, look, this is what I'm feeling." What can we do? And then sort of them have, okay, well, okay, well, here's here's a great therapist that you can go to. Um, I think she could really help, he or she could really help you out. Um, but in that moment, you think, oh, well, my allergist can't do this because he's not a therapist. So then, then who? You mm-hmm. know? Um, and that's kind of where it is. So to have that team is just, to me, um, makes a lot of sense.
1: I totally agree with you. That's the episode for now. I've mentioned in the beginning, we are making this a series. We just find this article, these topics just so important that we couldn't possibly talk about all of this in 20 minutes. So join us for the upcoming episodes of Food Allergy and Your Kiddo. Of course, go to com where you can sign up for my mailing list and never miss an episode. Okay, y'all. I'm an allergist, but I'm not your allergist. So talk with your allergist about what you're learning here. God bless you and God bless your family.